As always, everything said in this episode is personal experience and opinion. Hi guys, welcome to episode two, season three of the Gynae Waiting Room. I'm Grace. I'm Bri. And today we have Michaela with us from Hold Wellbeing. Hello everybody. Um, I'm I'm Michaela, I'm uh, 33 and I live in South Wales. So yeah, I, I started Hold um, after my own endometriosis uh, diagnosis last year. I'm, well, quite late to the party, um, but you guys are... Mm-hmm. You guys have been diagnosed for a while now, haven't you? Um, but um, uh, almost, almost two years um, for me. I think it's three years on February the tenth. Is that fine. sad that I know the no, exact date? That's not sad. No. <laughs> no, that's impressive. I I see that all the time on Instagram, and everyone knows all their surgery dates and stuff, and I I have no idea. It's, like, <laughs> it's a blur. It's a blur. <laughs> About a year ago, I only know that because I passed my driving test ten days before. Oh, oh. there you go. Yeah. There you so go. I work it out. So, um, Michaela, tell us a bit about like your diagnosis journey and what you went through and things. Okay, sure. So, um, I was well thinking back. You know, you have symptoms when you're younger, but I never realised they were they were symptoms. So I always had really bad skin, but it wasn't. I remember the doctor saying to me acne once, and I was like, "Oh, hang on, hang on that's a bit harsh." I don't, <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> me. Yeah, you do when you're a teenager or when you're young that word is so you think that is the worst thing ever but realistically so many people go through that yeah so insulting and I was like oh no I've just got a few spots and but they would be sort of uh, well now I know they were hormonal they'd come um during my cycle and just before and you know I I went on Roaccutane which was Mm -hmm. awful um very nice I've heard bad things about it I've had really bad things about that yeah yeah it's like you have to get blood tests every month, I think, to check that you're not pregnant. Bear in mind, I was thinking I was about 15 or 16 when I was on this, yeah. so that's nice. Um, <laughs> every month, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, and then because you have to get blood tests if you're pregnant because it's so nasty that mm. like if you were to be pregnant, the baby would be like horribly deformed because it's yeah. so such an awful drug. Gosh. Um, yeah. So I was on that. Um, they make the side effects I remember the doctor saying to me was suicidal thoughts and all this I thought my goodness I didn't even think I had that no. <laughs> yeah. this is terrifying <laughs> yeah you know um so yeah went on that I didn't to be honest with you I, I don't really think it did much um hard dry your skin out a lot but um tried that and then always had really painful periods but kind of just assumed that they were normal yeah because every time you'd say to a friend like oh oh gosh got really bad period pains today they said oh yeah yeah, yeah. so no one ever yeah. said to me um oh but I don't have bad period pains I, I knew some of my friends would have really light periods because I'd have to go and like change my sanitary wear every hour or something and I, I just thought oh well that's that's me and they're not like that but it's fine um never thought anything of it and then I remember going to the doctors in my 20s when I when I started driving a lot for work I'd find that I had to pull over multiple times a day and sleep and if I I remember falling asleep once mm. pretty much on a slip road coming off the motorway because I knew I was going to fall asleep oh bless you and had, yeah and I had to go to a, a service station to sleep and as soon as I pulled off the motorway my brain was just thought oh I'm safe now yeah woke up in a daze in the gravel on the 
oh my slip. gosh yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah my adrenaline was pumping so much then I couldn't actually sleep when I got to <laughs> yeah I bet yeah I couldn't imagine <laughs> yeah that is terrifying um, yeah so I remember going to the doctor and saying look I'm seriously tired all the time I get a good night's sleep I'm young I'm fit I'm active mm. and she took a few blood tests didn't really do anything um so again I just always dealt with the fact that I was a lot more bloated than my friends I always just put it down to the fact that I had quite narrow hips and where else yeah. is my belly meant to go yeah um <laughs> I don't know it was just really weird and um that's the thing when I when I look at other people on Instagram now and with their yeah. accounts so much younger um than I was when I got diagnosed I think god I was really stupid I yeah. just didn't I didn't think yeah, but of you my don't mind. you don't do you like you've got all of these symptoms and you're just like you're, you're in your head you're just like I can't really say anything because I just think this is normal and it maybe I'm yeah. just being dramatic like it's so hard to know is this actually normal and it takes a long time for you to be like actually no I don't think this is normal yeah. no exactly yeah it took me a very long time and um so it was only after I'd gone through a really stressful time um in my life and it was I started getting these really bad pains mm. um in my pelvis and my stomach I every time I'd eat I'd get like really bad acid reflux I couldn't <clears throat> I couldn't cope and yeah, yeah. So I went on these tablets for acid reflux didn't work um and then it was funny because as soon as like uh, the stressful situation dissipated yeah. itself I I was fine I just stopped all of a sudden I didn't get the acid reflux anymore yeah. and, but I was still getting these awful pains and like um so I went to have the coil put in mm. terrible experience putting that in it was yeah I know it's nasty oh. isn't it yeah and then for like six months after I was still bleeding it was like someone had grabbed it and was just twisting it all the oh, time was, nasty. yeah this isn't right I went for some ultrasounds they said oh no it's fine it's in the right place um so I'd I'd actually started to, well, I went to a friend's house uh one night and I was speaking to their mother and I was like oh sorry I'm not myself tonight I'm just in a lot of pain so she asked me a bit about it and I said what yeah. my pain was because there's no such thing as too much information for me I'll no, tell anyone exactly yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, and so yeah she said oh that sounds a lot like what my daughter's got she's got mm. endometriosis I was like, I've never heard of it no and um she said I'll oh, go and ask the doctor so I did a little bit googling so oh, actually I've got quite a few of these symptoms and I went to the doctor and I you know luck would have it there was this amazing locum doctor on I still don't know her name I sometimes think I should send her flowers or something yeah um I don't know who she was but I said <laughs> you know I'm embarrassed to come here and say that I've been googling my symptoms but mm. would would we be able to check for endo and she's like yeah not a problem darling I'll put hey, you wow. straight on. brilliant yeah. that's amazing <laughs> yeah. it's always that doctor <laughs> I feel like it's always like the locum or like the bank staff it's always them because they just have like a much more of an open mind when they're just coming in to just fill in a gap of like maternity leave yeah. or sickness or something they just seem oh, yeah. so much more like willing to help but it's like crazy I've got that like there's a locum doctor at my GP surgery and um he's actually now a full-time doctor there but he was locum for about a year and every time I rang and like what well, he wasn't in on so like, oh, there's no point and then I rang a couple of weeks ago and they're like oh yeah he's like a new doctor here now and I was like perfect can I have the switch reg registration forms please because yeah. my GP's <laughs> literally like you've got endo but it can't be that bad get pregnant and um try and have a baby and just take your morphine but you don't actually need morphine because you know you're probably not actually in that much pain you're probably just addicted and now this doctor's amazing like mm. I rang a few days ago to be like chasing up my fiber and he was like oh there's nothing in the system about your fiber diagnosis like I'm gonna put it on now like 
I'm sorting out for you now. Like they're trying to sort out like anti-sickness patches for me. He's been like incredible. Mm. Like more's happened in the last week with him than it's happened in the last like four years. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Yeah. No, so there are good ones out there. Yeah. Definitely. Um, yeah, she just sent me for all these things. And obviously, like as you guys know, you have to go for these blood tests and then mm. ultrasounds and MRIs and stuff before they actually operate on you. Um, and then I, I went to a consultation with a surgeon and I was mm. talking about it. Luckily, my, my work do private. So this oh, was brilliant. All, yeah. yeah, it's amazing. So I, I've heard horror stories about lots of people waiting. So mm. um, luckily for me, it was um, from going to the doctors to get the first consultation with the gynae. It was probably yeah. like eight months or something. Oh, brilliant. Um, That's good. Yeah. So I and I remember sitting across from him and talking about symptoms and he was saying, well, you have some of the symptoms, but not all of them. And um, I just recommend you go on. Is it the? post strap injection or something oh yeah 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 um and I was like mm, I'd really like you to have a look yeah <laughs> well, I think there is something there like we know our bodies yeah. and I think just because you have not some of the symptoms but other the symptoms doesn't mean you don't have it like everyone has different symptoms like it's that's the biggest thing like this is why we're here raising awareness because my symptoms aren't exactly the same to Bry's and Bry's symptoms aren't exactly the same to yours and you know and so on in the community and I think this is such a big thing there is such a big thing that you have to have every single one of the symptoms before they yeah. even consider yeah. you for surgery it's like it's what? like you can have all of them but like the one weird symptom yeah <clears throat> like the weirdest symptom going and you could be like no I've never had that and I'm like well you can't have endo then yeah or like yeah. you have a symptom that isn't endo it's like I have chronic UTIs and they're like well you can't have endo because chronic UTIs isn't a symptom of endo like well yeah. technically it is yes when you've got endo on your bladder but let's not go into that today just give me the bloody diagnosis yeah I know I know just cut me open and tell me what's wrong yeah yeah <laughs> you do get um, to that yeah. point don't you you're like just see I, just, yeah. I don't care I don't care anymore I'll do it myself yeah, <laughs> yeah. give I me know. the knife and I'll do it myself <laughs> um yeah so he did and then I remember like just waking up and he he goes to me so we've got some news you do have a lot of endo it's like right and then um he goes well but I couldn't take any of it out because it's too complicated it's wrapped around your urethra and bowel and all this I was like oh great so yeah now you have to go through the pain of the two weeks after surgery for nothing but I was so so pleased that yeah I had the diagnosis and I was like oh just this, you know what's this... going on yeah yeah and I just it's felt this weight isn't it yeah it's oh, weight weight. Weight. yeah and I just felt before because when I was like looking at some people's pages on social media or like um you know on the internet and I was like yes I do have some of these symptoms but I'm also able to live a relatively normal life I'll have like twinges of pain most days mm. and go oh. and I have to do my breathing exercise or something and I thought well hang on you know, I'm looking at other people online and, and they're bed bound mm. all the time and they're struggling or they're in A&E and that, that's never happened to me. So maybe I don't have it. And gosh, am I just being really pathetic, like with my pain levels and stuff? I because... feel like that is the issue of social media, though, because like, I think me and you are really good at, we post the good and the bad. I think yeah. a lot of people on the community only post their bad days, they only post when they're bed bound. Yeah. So then you mm. get that vision that, well, they're, too much worse than me because they're bed bound all the time but they're not they're probably bed bound for three hours of the day yeah and then they're going to go yeah. up to the shop and then they get yeah. back into bed like I have like today I've literally woke up went downstairs made a cup of tea came up to bed slept pretty much all day bearing in mind I've had to pack so I go to Liverpool tomorrow 
I've been having to pack all day, like get myself sorted. And I've just slept all day. But like, <laughs> if I just posted that side of it, not the side where I actually went out downstairs and made a cup of tea or I actually packed, it makes it look like it. And I feel like yeah. sometimes that is the negative effect of social media because yeah, exactly. Where I think normal creators, I hate using that, but normal content creators show their highlight reels. I feel like sometimes mm. on the chronic illness account, they show the bad side not the highlights yeah. they only yeah. show the bad yeah. sides all the yeah. time and you get stuck in that rut of like well and then you feel bad for posting the good stuff because you're like oh if I post that I went out today and managed to go shopping with my friends would I look like I'm absolutely fine and you're, you get panic because you're like well I don't you know I don't want people to think I'm just making this up but I think that yeah. that's that's the biggest thing and it's again going back to like the we've just spoken about it a lot like the stage and the pain it do, it isn't parallel like you can have a mass a high stage of endometriosis but relatively controlled pain or vice versa mm. you can have like a low stage of endo but extreme severe pain so it's it's so relative to the person it's not about you know if it's really bad that means you have to be in all this pain all the time like it's just completely dependent on like you and your body it's so different to everyone and I think that's so important you know like because we do that you know you do feel like oh is nobody going to believe me if I go out for the week if I go away for the weekend and go on holiday with my family or my friends you're like is they going to just think I'm just milking it when I am feeling poorly but you're not it's just we deserve to be able to go away and we deserve to have fun just because we have this chronic illness doesn't mean we're not allowed to ever leave the house I know I used to find that a lot like if I if something I'd be fine all week and then I'd be looking forward to something on the weekend or we'd be going out and that morning I'd start to feel really awful yeah and then I'd be, oh maybe I oh maybe I don't want to go out tonight and then by the time that night comes I'm like oh I can't yeah and then I was starting thinking well hang on what's wrong with me is it is it something mental that I don't want to go out yeah because I've yeah. been fine all week yeah and that that sort of side of it where you don't understand what's no. going on but maybe it was the stress of knowing that oh okay now you've got to fit into a tight dress yeah yeah, exactly I think that's that's such a big thing yeah I think I totally agree with that it's like the mental side of chronic illness especially like obviously with our endometriosis I feel like the the mental side of that can sometimes be worse than the actual physical side of it because like say for example I'm doing away this weekend um and all week I've been stressed about it and I've like pretty much worked all week so now I'm like when's the flare-up going to come when is yeah. it going to arrive yeah and then in the back of your head you're thinking okay well I've had three really good days I've been yeah. able to work for three days I might have been in pain and I've you know but and then last night I think because I worked myself up so much about mm. when's the when's the flare-up coming is it going to come when I'm like five hours away from home yeah like, you get stressed I've about packed, how you're going to cope like, with it don't you yeah I've obviously I've yeah. had absolutely everything I'm ever going to need for about a year going away <laughs> with a chronic illness um I am taking two bottles of Oromorph with me yeah. that, you know yeah but that's the thing and then I think because you worry about it then you kind of kick start a flare mm-hmm. up in your head yeah and then the flare up's mm-hmm. like in your head you're like oh well, I'm having a flare up anyway so your body's yeah. like oh hello yeah me too and I want to join in yeah, yeah. Is, I want to yeah. join in and then yeah. everything every part of your body is like oh you're in pain I'm gonna be in pain you're yeah. in pain I'm gonna be in pain <laughs> yeah. like, Oh, we're all inflamed. Let's get inflamed. Let's do it all together. I'm missing the party. Literally, I'm missing the party. Let's just be sick while we're at it, while we're in crippling pain. Let's just start being sick. Yeah, it is. I think that's... This is why it's so important to have friends, like, in 
this community because it, it must be really hard on um, your partners and stuff when mm. they don't suffer with this and trying to understand why you look like you've managed all week and you've gone to work and you've done all the things and then the one day that they've been looking forward to yeah. doing with you you're sick yeah, yeah exactly. and that must be really hard yeah um, yeah definitely I, think I feel like be- in a way um I'm kind of in a lucky situation because my girlfriend gets really bad periods as well obviously it's nothing like mine but when mm. I'm like I'm in pain I feel like she kind of it's not like like some blokes like oh it's just your stomach like they yeah. don't really understand at least she kind of gets it a little bit and mm. it's a bit like yeah I can understand. obviously she doesn't get the extent of the pain and like sometimes I'm like I literally can't walk and she's like really and I'm like yeah but I feel like yeah. I know Grace's yeah. boyfriend does struggle sometimes yeah I think like, he does I think it's just like it. yeah I think it is tricky when you know that you've been working all week and you're pushing through and your body's like I really need a rest and if you don't Mm. if you don't have a rest this weekend then I'm gonna come for you basically and I feel like then it gets to the weekend and you've planned like a nice dinner or you've planned a nice weekend away and then you're hit with this wave of a flare and it feels you could you only feel so guilty about this happening when you've planned time with your family or your partner or your friends who you know don't have endo but it's just like it is really it is really difficult and it you know I don't my my kind of opinion on it is that I don't expect him to fully understand you know he's not Mm. going to he's he's never felt this pain he will never feel the pain because he's a male so you know and also there's only there's only so much you can expect from someone realistically and I think I'm obviously I expect him to support me and he does great with that. And he, you know, he'll bring me a hot water bottle and he'll, you know, give me a cuddle. And just when I really, you know, he really does know when I say like, when people ask me, Oh, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. And then he's like, no, she's not fine. She's in pain. You know, he's, he's, he's getting his head around it. I think it, yeah, I think Mm. it's just like a big thing to wrap your head around when it's just like, this is like your like their future as well as yours so it's like it's yeah it's tricky it ruins ruins relationships and um I've always been very fortunate um that I've never had painful sex sorry dad if you're listening (laughs) 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 don't worry I feel like we did a whole episode on that yeah and then my dad listens to them so I had to send my stepmom a text like Maybe dad shouldn't listen to this episode because I talk about my slag oh, face. sexual life, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, my dad's my biggest fan, but maybe he wouldn't want to hear it. Um, yeah, maybe I should have had more paper sex because it made me have less of it. But um... yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that was a sign all along. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have that on the highlight bit on Instagram. <laughs> no, no, we won't. We I'll won't give you a timestamp as well, so you can say, "Dad, skip to uh, eight <laughs> this minute time." Like, <laughs> just skip that. Bit. Yeah, but no, that's that's like why I think like when my surgeon was talking to me about everything, and he was talking about the symptoms, and I said, "No, I'd never had painful sex." Mm-hmm. And then, even when they actually found where the endo was, mm-hmm. the second consultant was just like, "Really? You didn't have painful sex?" And I was yeah. like, "No." No, I yeah. didn't. Um, and but I've been so fortunate in that because I have heard of endo ruining a lot of relationships mm. because of that um, that side of things, which is just awful. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's everyone yeah. is so different, but I, I do. I think when when you have these pains, and everyone's pain is so different. When I, I had very different pain after I put the coil in, and I I put all my pain down to the coil, mm. whether. 
And then since my surgery, I had a new coil put in. Is that coil in a better place or mm. did they just remove the endo from where the coil was rubbing on? Yeah. Like, I don't know. Yeah. But whatever's happened since surgery is a lot better. So, yeah, everyone's journey is yeah. so different. I think that's that's what I feel like I that's the thing with birth control as well or birth mm. control. I don't really like calling it that, but I have a coil. And when I first met G, G had the coil mm. and G got hers taken out because it didn't work. But if yeah. I know that if I got my coil taken out, mm. I know that I would not be functional because for me, the coil yeah. has generally saved my life because before mm. the coil, I'd bleed for like 60 yeah. days straight. Like, mm. and I was extremely yeah. anemic. And since having the coil, like obviously I still get the pain and I've still got, I've still got endo and endo's still going to grow. But the coil for me has massively changed my life. Mm. And I feel like that's the other thing. People are like, well, just go on the coil or I'll just do the pill. And mm. it's like, well, that doesn't work for everyone. No, that, exactly. That's what yeah. that really grinds my gears on the journey. Yeah. It's like, well, I've had this done, so you should try it. And I'm like, well, yeah. well they have tried it, but they haven't just vocalised it. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, I think, I think that's bit, like the coil, it was an interesting journey for me, really, because I'd say <laughs> the first like three months were absolutely awful. They thought I had an infection where they'd put the coil in so then they were gonna have to take it out and put another one in and I was like no it was too traumatic I'm not doing that so either take it out and don't put another one back in or sort this out and then I had like a it was fine for about a year and a half after that but when I say fine I still had my pain it didn't reduce my pain symptoms at all and I was still spotting and occasionally bleeding really heavily and then for about six months after that, I just like had no bleeding whatsoever. Um, and then, but still the pain was excruciating continuously. And it just got to the point where I was like, also mentally, the from basically the month I, a month after I went on the coil till I had it taken out, literally I was put on antidepressants and I was very convinced that oh. it was the coil. I mean, I'm still on them now, but on a lower dose, which kind of does prove a lot to me that, and yeah, I had it taken out because I was just like, I just, I just got to the point where I was just like, I'm still bleeding. I'm still in pain. I don't think that I want this inside of me if it's not doing what you said it was going to do like I was very I was yeah. you know I was told that it will reduce your pain you won't bleed like all of this stuff and I was just like my mental health is really bad I want it out so I basically just said to the doctor like get out of me now I can't like knowing that that's inside of me anymore so now I'm just on the progesterone only pill but I still you know it pretty much does what the coil does but in pill form she remembers to take it <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah well I was on the pill since I was about 14 because yeah. they started me on that for my skin um mm. before I went on the bracketing and I remember coming off I've been on the pill for probably like uh 15 years I came off when I was like I don't know say 28 or something mm. and it was like someone had switched a light on mm. I hadn't realized how suppressed I'd been and how yeah, yeah. It just seemed so dull and I wasn't yeah. being myself until I came off it and I thought I'm never going on that pill again. No, yeah. Um, and I haven't, I felt more myself since yeah. being on the pill. Yeah. So it's so weird. It is, yeah. Everyone. I mean, I took the combined pill for, well, since I was 14 till I had the coil put in at 18, various different combined pills. And they did exactly what you just said to me. I was, a, I was basically, I gained loads of weight. I was a shell yeah. of myself. I wasn't necessarily low, but I just didn't really... I just had a lot of anxiety 
and then the coil just made me really really low um and now I'm on the progesterone pill and you know I have days where I am really low but I think that's just general living with a chronic illness and it's normally patterns to be when I've had a flare-up and then I just get really down about it but you know overall I'd say like yeah is completely dependent on the person I've heard that the injections you know like literally feel like they're a completely different person um pill coil whatever like people have so many different reactions to a lot of different things so you know it's really interesting how different things I affect feel like people. I was quite lucky when I had my coil fit because I had my coil fit in my surgery and then I unfortunately lost my granddad in September so like six months after and then I had to then I started getting um quite intense like PTSD trauma therapy um which also led like so I had therapy for about two and a half years and that was kind of as the side effects of the depression would kick in with my coil so mm. I was kind of already working with someone through the mental yeah. health already so maybe yeah. if I hadn't had that I would have had a completely different experience mm. with my mental health but because I had to work through so much other shit that's gone on in my life practically for the last six seven months yeah I kind of rode the wave of it with yeah. having counseling so I feel like I mean, it probably wasn't the healthiest thing to do at the time but I feel like going on the coil and then kind of having therapy yeah, pretty helped, much yeah. six months yeah. after when the side effects of everything that is like, the mental health side usually mm. kicks in. I was probably quite lucky because I was working through my anxiety, my depression, like everything. Yeah. I was working through that. I got diagnosed then Joe and then got put onto a specialist and I went to him uh, probably six months later. Um, and then I, I had my my actual surgery where they removed it all brilliant and, um, yeah and it was really good because in between the two I'd gone for an MRI to check that it hadn't gone mm. into like um, the I can't remember what they even call it but that bit between your anus and your vagina like luckily it wasn't there because I know that's quite really that's really tricky to operate on because it's like paper thin um but uh, so when I'd gone into surgery and he was able to remove everything so I was really really pleased but then after the surgery my partner and all his family were wonderful and they were like right stay in bed rest and I'm not one for resting so after about two days no after one day I think my my girlfriends came around and I was the one posturing up getting up on a Prosecco and oh do you want some crisps and they were like sit down and then <laughs> three days later I was posturing around on the farm and I'd said to my partner I was like oh I won't do anything I'm just go- I'm bored in the house I'm just going to I'm just going to posture around and then you know you're out there and or you'll pick up a bucket or you'll shut a gate or there'll be a cow coming and someone will say oh just just shut that gate yeah so you do a sudden reaction so after about five or six days I was doing way more than I should have and I was woke up at I think it was like half 11 at night or something in the worst pain mm. I thought I thought my well I thought I was dying yeah. so I was googling the symptoms obviously because that's what I do yeah. and then Dr. Google. <laughs> yeah. thought, we love Dr. So Google, Google. <laughs> Yeah, Google told me that I had hours to live and I had a twisted bowel and, <laughs> and to get myself to A&E. Yeah. yeah. To myself to A&E, um, well, rang 111. She was like, yeah, you have had surgery like less than a week ago. You should probably go. So I was like, clearly I'm dying. Yeah. And then she said... Um, so right in your will on the way, aren't you? Like, right <laughs> in plan on the way. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's been nice to me recently. Um <laughs> But yeah, I got there and they were so nice and they did like these, um, they did blood tests and they did everything. And basically I was really dehydrated because what had happened was I'd been constipated for like mm. four days. Then it almost felt like my bowel had twisted over mm. and I just had awful diarrhea, mm. couldn't stop. So then I was dehydrated because of that. 
so they'd taken blood cells dehydrated and so basically what had happened was I'd overdone myself <laughs> yeah. I stopped painkillers and my bowel had been touched a lot in surgery which yeah. no one had told me but your bowel does not want to be touched no it doesn't want to be <laughs> left alone <laughs> not alone so it's the slightest touch so even though I hadn't had I suppose you wouldn't call it bowel surgery but I'd mm. had removed from the bowel so mm. felt like it had had surgery and it was just having a little tantrum so, yeah of course well um, it would do <laughs> and I'd stopped taking painkillers so yeah. I only had my that doesn't I don't know how you did that yeah <laughs> I remember like a week after my surgery mum was like you should probably get out of bed now and I was like nah <laughs> I'm staying here yeah. oh, I'm terrible I, ha- I hate having a lion yeah I don't do, like I can't stay in the house um more than a few hours I've got to go out and do something no I literally have have, like a different friend here every day like yeah I don't care if we do anything just come and spend time with me like or like like, when you've watched all of Netflix and you're like then I go to get up and do something I'll be like ah yeah yeah Yeah. but like um we we're so bad that we'll be in the house all day and then we haven't seen anyone for a few hours me and my partner will be like should we just go to Greg's for lunch <laughs> or like people watch just people watch we yeah I love that we need to be around all the time watch it, yeah. Um, yeah so oh, no that was I love going to a game. restaurant and then they ask you where you want to sit and I'll be like well where's the most people gonna be <laughs> yeah, yeah. sit there <laughs> in that corner yeah <laughs> oh yeah um no so that that was it really and that was like July 2022 so really recently yeah um, wow. I've been super fortunate that um I've just had a wonderful time since really the A&E trip, but I went back brilliant. to bed for a week after the A&E trip and learned my lesson <laughs> good and... <laughs> never again <laughs> great um no. so... what, what really surprised me was like when the surgeon I like, did the post-op call yeah and he was like oh I'll see you in like three to five years then and I was just shocked because yeah. I hadn't really done that much research on endo mm. and um I was Even just like six months mate yeah. <laughs> <Two and laughs> <six> months. <laughs> I was like oh this is this can't be happening so this, yeah, yeah so basically that's then when I started looking for places to go to learn more about mm. it because I yeah I like learning about stuff I yeah I find that the more you know about stuff the less overwhelming it is yeah definitely and, um, yeah I reading I love reading research papers I love science fact research I love um holistic fact research like I love everything like that yeah. so started reading a lot about it and then I was like oh I'll tell you what I want to go somewhere I want to go on a retreat I want to mm. go somewhere to learn about pain management to learn about endo to learn about all this and um there just wasn't anything yeah like, yeah so that was actually going to be my next question I was going to say like so how how did you come about you know creating hold and all this idea and stuff so obviously go for it tell us yeah it's that that was basically it and do you know what's really struck me um following a lot of people's journeys with endo is that we've all had a diagnosis and a lot of people have chosen to do something then mm. with that diagnosis but it's looked different for everybody yeah um you guys have got this platform where you're doing a podcast to raise awareness mm. I've felt like I want to do a retreat other people have started charities yeah and I think it all depends on what was your interest before before yeah definitely um yeah for me I've always I've always loved being active I've loved yoga I like um I've always sort of felt quite good at assessing a situation quite Mm -hmm. methodically um and yeah so for me a retreat was just the way to go and because there wasn't one for me to go on 
I was like, mm, that's annoying. Right. Uh, yeah. Be fun then. yeah. What now? <laughs> yeah. That's one way um, to do it. I do just love how you've been like, there's not one, so fuck it, I'm going to make one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's the way to do I it. Know. I know. And honestly, like, I've, I've been feeling so, this overwhelming sense of empowerment mm. with, um, and women helping women during this yeah, journey. Yeah, definitely. Making- yeah. Honestly. And empowerment for me is not something that I've, always felt it's a mm. relative new um lease of life let's yeah, say that I've had in definitely. the past few years like, yeah I just I feel like I just want to get that feeling out to as many mm. people as possible and definitely. so with with the retreat like for me I brought it back to what would I want so if I'm designing this retreat because there wasn't one mm-hmm. what was I looking for originally mm. so I want to go somewhere to learn more about the chosen topic mm-hmm. uh, I want to I want somewhere where you can move like movement is important good food love food um <laughs> good food is the I way know. to my heart yeah. <laughs> <laughs> even though like I love food but I have yeah. the worst appetite in the world yeah. like Grace <laughs> will tell you I'll be at Grace's and I'll be like I'm hungry go say, oh, my God, I'm gonna let you go out get food and by the time you brought it back I'm like <laughs> yeah I'm not hungry anymore or I have like two um, bites of it and I'll be like Grace do you want the rest yeah <laughs> Oh, oh no, I, I don't. Like, I used to leave stuff on my plate all the time when I was a kid, and now, oh, nothing is safe. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've had yeah, this so, pizza for about three hours, <laughs> and I'm still eating it. Oh my god, I would have snorted that. I'm <laughs> doing <laughs> gone in five minutes. Um, I'm just like, I pick it up, and I'm like, that's <laughs> enough for the next hour. <laughs> Oh, crazy. No, um, well, fair play to eating pizza. That doesn't agree with me, but I love pizza. Oh, it won't. It won't. <laughs> but I needed comfort food. For it later. Yeah. I needed, I needed, I needed comfort food. And then I felt like I was cheating on Grace because every time we're together, we get a Domino's. Yeah. So I was ordering it and I literally felt like I ran Grace like, I've just cheated on you. <laughs> oh, fair enough. We don't get Domino's delivering here. We live in the middle of nowhere. Oh, um, gosh. <laughs> So, um, yeah, what, what kind of things can people expect from coming to the retreat? What kind of things have you included in kind of the package? Yeah, so when I was thinking of making it, I kept sort of referring back to um, what it what I wanted people to feel leaving there. That it, for me, it was like this overwhelming thing of, right, it has to be a feeling. It has to be something that people are going to take with them for life really because mm-hmm. anyone can go on a normal yoga retreat I love yoga but yeah. for me it wasn't enough so I want people to get actual coping strategies for this disease because the disease isn't going away mm. so let's actually find something and whatever that may be so I think it's really important for people to know that I'm not saying do this this and this and yeah you don't have problems anymore I'm the first to admit that I don't know enough about endo mm. hence yeah. this hence so all what's I'm going doing, on yeah, yeah. So all I'm doing is saying, right, I think endo is like an onion and managing it is like an onion. So let's get the medical perspective. Let's get the nutrition perspective. Let's Mm. get pain management perspective. Let's bring in the meditation, the yoga, the the movement for blood flow. Let's bring in breath work. Let's bring Mm. in acupuncture. Let's bring in massages and energy work and as many things as possible. Yeah. um, So that people even if they take one thing away from one of the talks yeah that's that's it that's jobs done if that yeah gives exactly them, yeah. yeah if that more gives insight them yeah more insight and a coping yeah. strategy so <clears throat> we've got this amazing woman Steph Peltier she's a pain management and happiness coach and she's 
coming in to talk. And what I love about Steph is that she comes from everything from a really scientific um, way of thinking about happiness and reprogramming your brain yeah. and reprogramming how you respond to pain. So I think with having a chronic illness like endo, you're always going to experience flares and you're mm-hmm. always going to experience pain. We can hopefully manage them perhaps by nutrition whatever but we're not all going to be perfect we're going to go out for an hour we're going to have alcohol we're going to have food that doesn't agree with us yeah so for me it's that um way that you look at things and the the positive mindset that you can bring to that and say right okay uh yep I'm going through a flare but I know if I do these coping strategies it's going to get better this isn't my life forever and yeah. I think just trying to be positive and because life is brilliant. Women are amazing. Like, let's just get the most out of life we can. Mm, we only get definitely. Them. And that what scares me more than anything is having to waste life. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. I can agree and with that. Yeah. Also, like, I like during COVID, I moved down to South Wales. I didn't know anybody. I met my partner. I moved down and then COVID hit. We're all isolated. Mm. So I moved down here and I hadn't made any new friends by this Mm. point so I had probably 18 months of um just me and my partner and his friends but they weren't my friends you know Mm -hmm. and I hadn't really made any friends and then I got diagnosed I didn't know anyone in that community so my whole experience of this disease has been online yeah and this actually gives an opportunity for people to come together in real life definitely yeah no it's very rare I mean like yeah I don't think I've spoken to anyone well a couple people that I know previously but you know the majority of people I talk to that have this condition don't live in the same county as me so you know it's I know one girl and we're both quite friendly with her now yeah um and she literally lives in the same town as me um but that's yeah that's the only person I've ever met and like we're really close and like I'm not gonna get her on soon um but yeah that was just and it was bizarre how we found out because I said the name of my counsellor on an Instagram story and she swiped up and was like, is it this person? And I was like, yeah. And she was like, do you live in said town? And I was like, yeah. And she's like, so do I. Yeah. Oh, that's but before so that, we've had multiple conversations and not once. I hadn't even made the connection of her, the name of her gynecologist to one that worked at the local hospital. I hadn't made that connection. No, and, and that's amazing. And you guys have become such good friends through this yeah. community. And I just think if, if I can bring, so I think there's there's space for 22 guests. Mm-hmm. There'll be probably six girls helping me run it. Yeah. So we're talking 28, 30 people yeah. um, all together. And, and 22 of those guests will have endo. And yeah. they'll be they'll have all been on of a similar mindset that they want to learn these techniques and they want Definitely, to learn more about yeah. them. Yeah. But it's just going to be so empowering it is yeah and such a great space for a safe space for people to connect with each other and then be able to make friendships that could last a really long time do you know what I mean I read something the other day and it was saying like you can only use your friends as a therapist so many times yeah Um, Yeah. and I thought that that really resonated with me of your friends I I mean like friends that don't understand yeah Say yeah, yeah don't have yeah they will yeah. be like oh gosh poor you but they don't understand so you could you only have a certain amount of time yeah that you can use that as a definitely yeah someone that really understands to be like mm. your therapy yeah definitely um, 
we are support. I feel like I probably so had a mental breakdown on the phone to Grace every single day this week. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing because we're like we get it, we just get it, like we get. But it's weird it's, because we yeah. are exactly the same person. So yeah. I rang Grace yesterday and was like, "I'm in the crappiest mood going. Everything is pissing me off. Everyone is pissing me off. I just want to go to bed." And Grace was like, "Yeah, I feel the same." And I was like, <laughs> "So then we were both just sat there ranting about absolutely nothing for about two hours." And I was like, "I feel better now." Yeah, and I think I, know, I, think I do just, that sometimes. I think I'm just like, having oh. those people who understand, like, it just makes such a difference. Like, yeah. It's amazing. It does. And I, it's only recently I've realised that, like, for one or two days a month, I'm just awful. Yeah. I just think, God, I hate every decision I yeah. make in my life. What yeah. am I doing? Like, yeah. oh, God, everyone's annoying. I was, and then a few days later. I, why like, did I buy that fucking car? Because it's cost me <laughs> so much money. And I got a flat tyre again. I've only just got four new tyres. I think I was screaming down the phone to Grace. She was like, okay, babe, we'll just take a deep breath. Like, it's a stupid car. I shouldn't have bought it. <laughs> no I know what you do and then a few days later you're like oh I love my life I'm so yeah. happy I'm just yeah. my car I don't know where I'll be without my car I love <laughs> my car it's the best thing in my life definitely yeah but this is the thing with hormones and which really in- interests me and I want to learn so much more about them it's like I like you you are not in control of your own thoughts no. yeah. ever if your hormones are out of balance. And no. like again, it's, I'm interested in learning how to balance those, whether that's through nutrition or medication or whatever that may be. But I, I am so intrigued about how hormones can, can control every aspect of your mind and your body mm. and how you feel. Um, and it's just so interesting. So that's where I, I want to go with this whole thing is yeah. endo was the first one because it resonated really um, a lot with me but during this journey of looking into speakers and, and things that help endo and all that sort of thing I want that to progress into a menopause retreat mm. as well mm-hmm. in the future hopefully in autumn because endo affects one in ten menopause affects every woman yeah. um so and I, I I've heard some amazing stories about people that have been so empowered from mm. their menopause and for me it's always been a very negative subject of mm. oh god you know and I know a lot of people with endo have been chemically induced into menopause mm. or early hysterectomy um and if we can give those women empowerment of like this this doesn't have to be the scary thing that our mothers told us it was yeah yeah this would be the first time yeah ever if we definitely just, you know, yeah embrace like I think again it comes down to that whole mindset of these are the cards you've been dealt let's mm-hmm. really make the most of them whatever yeah. they are yeah yeah definitely yeah brilliant so um couple oh you had a question a couple questions from our followers um over on our page and one of the girls said that she sadly can't come this um time due to she's having surgery around the time that the retreat is and she said are there any plan are there any plans for the future with other endo retreats I know you said you've got some um like menopause ones and I know that you have ideas in the works but I think she was just wondering if there's any future plans in the works yeah definitely I think for for me for hold I'm I would like to do about four retreats a year and each of them would be focusing on on well have a different focus so endo for me obviously is a very personal one yeah I'd love to that I'd do at least one endo one a year yeah um I'd do fitness one and a menopause one so say yeah. we did say three a year then I'm, I'm one of each that would be my dream that would yeah. be amazing um but what I would say to people is at the moment it's in Wales in Tembe yeah. which 
the house is incredible but I understand it's quite a long way from a lot of people so Mm -hmm. if people found another perfect venue Mm -hmm. just let you guys know or let me know and yeah I'm open to going anywhere yeah it's just this location is close to me and it was stunning yeah and I think great if this is the first and only one I yeah. ever do like let's yeah definitely <laughs> um, and Tembi is gorgeous yeah <laughs> it is, I was gonna say you don't you don't sound like you're originally from Wales <laughs> so when you said that you lived in Wales I was like <laughs> but it makes sense that's that you such a bright question like if you live there you must be from there <laughs> no I was born in Brighton oh, oh my same gosh, as me. Me. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I went to Brighton and High School, but um, oh, no. Yeah. So yeah, moved to Wales when I was about eleven, but I tried very hard to stick with my old accent. <laughs> yeah, keep like, hold of it. Weird, I'm, I'm driving everything. to Wales tomorrow, so <laughs> <laughs> I'll pop in. <laughs> but that's the thing; it's like it, it can be anywhere. Mm. So I I don't own the venue; we're mm. we're renting it. Um, and I will rent any venue. But for me, for hold, a lot of people have said, "Oh, but we we can get." tents we can go to a campsite for me hold is a space that's pure luxury yeah yeah, women just whatever they're doing in their life like I would like to provide an environment where women feel pampered yeah and it's it's just their time to relax and unwind and And it's very different going to like after a nice calm day of yoga and massages like going to sleep on an airbed versus a nice mattress in a nice comfortable room like (laughs) <laughs> and I don't yeah. I don't do and being cold, cold. I don't, yeah. Yeah. Cold. I, like we've got this we've got we're on a beach in Tembi at this venue yeah. and girls helping me are so excited to do wild swimming yeah and I can't think of anything worse <laughs> yeah. I hate being no. cold <laughs> yeah and I know they're gonna drag me in but yeah. I'm just like oh god no it's not for me I just <laughs> yeah. like <to> warm. <laughs> yeah um so another question um it's probably the last question um before we finish up um is there any most of them while you've been yeah you've yeah we've (laughs) had another one that said like other retreats just under each oasis face but you've answered that um Mm -hmm. so is there any downtime during the trip do I have to get involved in all the activities kind of no so that um it's really as I say it's about everyone just treating it like their own time Mm -hmm. and for for me like I say I don't really do lions I like an active holiday so when I designed it, it was we're gonna we have lots of activities to do yeah um there'll be multiple yoga sessions a day there'll be pilates there'll be meditation there'll be mindfulness sessions plus everyone's gonna get massages and things so there'll be stuff going on but mm. people it's it's what i'm going to do is send everyone the uh, the itinerary before mm-hmm. coming so they know what to expect yeah. and they can use what they do if yeah. they want to lie in bed till 12 o'clock <laughs> no one's no one's going to come and do an early yeah. wake up yeah 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 definitely I think yeah I think that's so important isn't it I mean you know just just even sometimes just having the option or like knowing that you don't have to just makes you feel more reassured and you just you still get involved but you just just to know that you don't have to is such a nice comforting thing and like you said your your time being your time is so important um especially if you go then you wake up one day and you're in a bit of pain and you're like oh I might not be able to do this this morning but I could do it this afternoon that makes it a bit Mm. and what's really nice is um we've got the pain management coach Steph she's actually going to be there for the whole time oh brilliant so then you yeah so say you miss her initial session she's going to do a few sessions mm. and she's also said if someone's just feeling in a bit of a funk she'll yeah. just do a one-to-one hypnotherapy oh, she's there brilliant. she might as well yeah. so That's amazing great. she is being yeah. we're going to have 
another girl that's um, a meditation and mindfulness coach she's mm-hmm. going to be on hand she's going to do a couple of sessions but she said she'll just be on hand if anyone's got any questions or anyone wants this one-on-one session yeah. she's there to help so right, yeah you don't need to feel like you've got to attend this 9 a.m talk yeah these people are there for you and um, the nutritionist as well so the endo nutritionist that we've got she's actually from australia so she is doing a webinar mm. but we have a nutritionist on site for the whole yeah. retreat yeah you can help answer any questions that may have arisen which is great session. yeah so yeah there's plenty of support there and there's no need to attend anything yeah that that's brilliant so um any more questions that you guys have obviously go follow Michaela over on hold underscore wellbeing um I'm sure she'll answer any questions um that you have I know you've been doing a few question and answer videos on your page anyway so that's really helpful um so you your the answers you probably have guys have already been answered but um definitely we're here and we can always direct questions to you or just go straight to hold um and just ask them and they're you know and I think it's another thing to add that me and G wish everything we could be but unfortunately I can't get the time of work (laughs) and neither can I I'm literally this year I think I said it in an episode before no I'm literally I'm in Barcelona at the beginning of March and I've got about four work trips so I'm just all over the place <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get you at one of the trips yeah definitely yeah, we'll yeah. definitely we'll definitely be looking at yeah. the next yeah. one it look, yeah um, we're very jealous yeah, my, um, that's going. <laughs> yeah we'll definitely hold out for um the next one for yeah. sure hold um, out yeah for- hold yeah hold out the hold but yeah thank you so much Michaela for coming on um and joining us and telling us all about your story and everything with hold um and obviously we're very jealous of everyone going and we hope you'll have an we amazing can't time wait to the pictures. yeah we, we can't, can't wait, wait to see can't wait the pictures thank you and everything. so much yeah I am beyond excited yeah. thank you so yeah. much yeah and um and I think your links are all in your bio on Instagram about how to book on and stuff. And as I said, any questions you have about it and you want to know more before you book, obviously just head on over to Michaela's page. And yeah. So thank you. make sure you're following us over on Gany Waiting Room, Instagram, TikTok. Yeah. Twitter, Facebook, <laughs> Facebook. <Not> everywhere. <laughs> yeah, I want to be everywhere. We have to be everywhere. I'm sorry. I've set up a Facebook. I'm a middle aged woman, yeah. so it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> she is. Grace is the Facebook mum. Yeah. So I yeah, get yeah. like messages oh, like she tags me in those little like stupid Facebook videos, and I'm like, oh my gosh. You can yeah. you can be in charge of my Facebook if you want. I can't. <laughs> I can't, I can't, it's a lot of stuff. I can't yeah. keep up. We have. Uh, I can't yeah. keep up. But, um, but yeah. yeah, anyway, thank you guys for listening. Um, thank you to Michaela thank again you. for coming on. Um, we love you all and thank you so much for all of the support. Bye, guys. Catch you next week. Catch you next week.